Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Pistons versus Everybody, the newest podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, Lazarus Jackson, uh, and I am joined by Forbes's own Duncan Smith. Duncan, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Laz. How are you doing? I'm doing good, especially considering that the Pistons uh, just beat the Pacers 119 to 110. Yeah, I uh, I did not have high hopes for this one. I thought it was going to be a ugly, low-scoring slog that the Pistons eventually lose by like 15 points. And you know, I and through the first quarter, it kind of looked like that game, right? Like it took both teams until like the three-minute mark of the first to get started scoring. Um, they ended the quarter, uh, you know, Indy ended, ended the quarter under 25 points. And then, you know, uh, we got two 30 point quarters from the Pacers and a 36 point fourth quarter from the Pistons to, to keep the scoring rolling, I guess. Like this is not exact. This is not how I saw this game playing out. Either. No, and neither team really shot any threes, you know, like the Pistons looking at the scoreboard, the, the box score right now, the Pistons shot 24 threes, the Pacers shot 21. So it's not like they were getting big boosts from long range or anything like that. They just kept scoring, scoring and scoring at the rim and the free throw line and, um, you know, everything but threes, strangely enough. Yeah, that was one of the things that was like a a factor in the uh, Pistons defic- defensive efficiency last year was that they allowed so few three-pointers. But, you know, on the opposite end, they like tried to push that level, that lever of taking as many threes as humanly possible. And tonight they just took they took better shots, I think. Like, you look, they took 24 threes total, but Luke had nine of them. Yeah. And if there's one person on the team you want taking threes, it's Luke. Yeah, and there might only be one person you want taking threes on the team, so it's good that he got most of <laughs> most of the uh, the dispar- <laughs> the uh, yeah the volume. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, speaking of just like straight box score stuff, Andre Drummond was insane. Uh, Thirty-two points, twenty-three re- twenty-three rebounds, two assists, uh, seven stocks, seven steals plus blocks in forty-one minutes. Uh, Duncan, what did you think of Andre's performance tonight? Uh, he was tremendous. I think that even beyond the box score, he had uh, he had a pretty remarkable impact. Um, I think there was a possession where just basically like he, he showed up on the baseline. I, f- I forget who had the ball. I think it was Sabonis. Uh, and he tried to make a pass to the three-point line and just like kind of wing the ball out of bounds. Um, you know, his presence was just like disruptive. Um and he only had two assists, but uh, it, it seemed as though like he was a much bigger part of the offensive creation um, than than two assists would really indicate. Um, I think that as incredible as this game was on paper for him, I think that like his actual real impact was uh, was a whole lot more uh, dramatic, honestly, which is really <laughs> really something to say when you have like a thirty plus point twenty plus rebound. Uh, seven stocks game, um, you know, out of out of Drummond, uh, it was uh, it was a really overwhelming, overpowering uh, performance, and especially considering like he's dealing with two pretty pretty uh, outstanding bigs on the Pacers side and Turner and Sabonis, and he really handled his own and handled them both pretty well. Yeah, the the thing that struck me was that uh, down the stretch. Uh, you know, the Pacers have those two big men that you talked about and Sabonis and Turner and the Pistons are surrounding Andre with, you know, a small forward and Tony Snell playing in four and three guards and like just essentially relying on Andre 
to both like contain ball handlers on the defensive end and uh, and still like affect shots at the rim. And he was able to do that without fouling. Um, the guys around him were able to to grab rebounds um, and kind of keep Sabonis and Turner off of the glass, which would have been my big concern with that strategy. But uh, in but he was allowed to be like this huge defensive presence kind of looming all over that, that half of the court. And, uh, and that was amazing. And especially considering he played 41 minutes in the first game of the season and Casey, it felt like Casey played in like 20 straight minutes in the first half. He was very clearly dragging uh, to end, to end the second half. And so to have the, the energy left uh, to have that kind of performance through four quarters, through like four very solid quarters, uh, was was really impressive to me. Yeah, it's a real. Uh, sorry, it's it's a real far cry from those pre nasal surgery days where he just did not have did not have the wins to finish games. Well, even in you know even the pre concussion days. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a random twist, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so yeah, and I guess the the second performance we should really talk about is the performance of Luke Kennard, uh, a career high thirty points on uh, six of nine three-point shooting like we talked about but more striking to me he shot 10 free throws like i can't imagine i can't remember a game in which he shot like five free throws in the past he was uh able to create his own shot at the rim and uh and uh, against defenders something that's been like a big weakness of his of his over his career and so like adding another ball handler who can get all the way to the rim and draw fouls would, would be huge for, for this Pistons team. Yeah. His, I guess we could call it emergence tonight was, um, was really unexpected. You know, I think we saw things tonight that we've seen different elements at different times. Um, but it seemed like this was like the most complete, uh, the most complete performance where he showed the most tricks in his bag all at once, you know? Um, and, being able to get to the basket and, and, and function around the rim and finish and draw fouls. Um, you know, we've seen it before, but we haven't really seen it with the shooting and with, um, you know, with the, the gunslinger's confidence that uh, he seemed to show tonight. Um, I kind of want to see it with Blake on the floor as well, uh, because like, as we, we keep going over, um, it seems like something drops off for him. When, uh, when he's on the floor with Blake, whether it's uh, whether it's some sort of deferment that he can't shake um, or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see him be able to pull off that kind of confident, aggressive performance there. But with Blake out, like, you really have to have Luke just firing away from all parts of the floor. So uh, it's promising, very promising, um, surprising as well. Yeah, were were you surprised that uh, Casey didn't start Luke in the absence of Blake? Not really. I think that he, I think that he has his backcourt um, rotation that he wants to start games with, um, and I, th- I think that he is pretty comfortable with the Jackson and Brown uh, combination. So, I think that starting the season, he might want to just, he might have just wanted to go with something familiar, and then go from there as the game went on. That seemed to be the way that, that things went as well. Uh, you know, he ended up with almost 30 minutes. He played 28 minutes. Um, so I, I, I was, so, in, a, in a way, I kind of wanted to see him start and have Brown come off the bench just because 
at a glance, that starting lineup was pretty, uh, pretty offensively unimpressive. Um, you know, I, I wonder if maybe they'll change things up tomorrow, but, um, yeah, it, I would have been more surprised to see Kennard start than to, to see him come off the bench. I think. No, that that's totally fair. And in the starting lineup, I think they expected more out of Markeith Morris, uh, especially from on an offensive uh, standpoint. Uh, and the, I guess they were kind of hoping that would keep the uh, the starting lineup afloat. Markeith had uh, 11 shots tonight, which is actually tied for Derrick Rose for third most on the team. But uh, he was three for 11 and only scored eight points. And he got the uh, Keith Bogans treatment where he started like the first five minutes of the third quarter and we never saw him again. And so, and so I, I'm, I'm curious to see if that continues. I'm curious to see if Casey uh, continues to go small around Andre or if, um, and, and, you know, Atlanta, it'll be more conducive to that since Atlanta doesn't have two bigs like, like Turner and Sabonis. Yeah. um, I definitely think that's the case. Uh, Thon had some <laughs> some rough stretches. I wonder if we're going to see um, Christ- the, the Christian Wood game tomorrow because um, it was disappointing. You know, I I was hoping as Thon came in and was fairly unimpressive throughout his various shifts. I, you know, once he once Christian Wood came in and had his four minute stint, and then his uh, return just never came. It did seem as though that was going to be it for. Uh, for the wood sightings tonight. Um, but yeah, I would like to see a little bit more of what he might be able to do. Uh, I mean, you know, the second game of a back-to-back, I think is probably the time to do it. No, definitely. Especially against a, a team that uh, will be starting like Bruno Fernando, I think is their backup center <laughs> right now. And so like, if, if there's ever going to be a time in which you can maybe get away with a, a Thon maker, Christian Wood uh, front court, or even just Christian Wood surrounded by small guys. It, it looks like it'll be uh, against the, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, one guy, I guess we haven't talked about, we kind of talked about Derek Rose in passing and uh, he actually, he did a fair bit of passing tonight. He had nine assists, which is, which was really surprising to me because he, he showed himself to be a, a rim attacker and uh, foul drawer in the preseason, but he did not necessarily show himself to be like this amazing distributor. But he was able to find open guys tonight. He found Luke a couple times for for some great shots. Um, you know, had 15 first half points to to keep the Pistons afloat. Uh, what did you think of? Uh, do you think this is typical of what we can expect from Derrick Rose on a night to, on a night to night basis? Well, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, <laughs> you know the the nine assists is. It definitely jumps off the score sheet. Actually, when I saw that, uh, sort of late in the game, um, as I was kind of going over some things, uh, I was really surprised to see that he had so many assists. I don't think that it got mentioned much in the broadcast. It just kind of appeared. You know, it was just there. Like, <laughs> where these assists come from? Um, so yeah, he d- he definitely did a good job of distributing the ball. He didn't need a lot of shots to score his points. Got to the free throw line. Actually, the Pistons shot thirty three free throws, which is uh, especially with a no Blake game, that's a lot of free throws for this team. Um, so I think Derek Rose really played a big part in, uh, in both getting to the line himself and, uh, and helping these guys get to the line as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, you, you imagine that, you know, I was, I had it in my, I like wrote down notes. I'm trying to do less tweeting and more like note taking during Smart. games. We'll see, how, <laughs> yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. Right. 
but uh, I definitely had like a moment in time in my notes where like they were struggling to score points in the third quarter, and it's like struggling to score points. Derrick Rose time, and then she came in, uh, immediately got um, immediately got Luca shot, immediately got an and one uh, for I think that was Demontis Sabonis's like third or fourth foul too, and so that that affected the way Nate McMillan uh, played him the rest of the game, and just like having a guy who can give you that lift. Uh, off the bench is just is just something that an element the Pistons have not just really had in the past. Or it was the like occasional like twenty point outburst from Ish Smith that you uh you couldn't rely on on a night in and night out basis. Right, those were really just like random events, and it seems like it's been a very very long time since the Pistons have had a like a fire starter uh, type guy that can come in off the bench and just get you points when you need some points. Um, and the longer Blake is out. Uh, the more they're going to need a guy like like Derrick Rose who can come in and just get you, you know, 12 points quickly, whether it be from his own scoring or from uh, from getting Luke going or whatever the case may be. Um, yeah, the the infusion of offense was uh, was a really really big thing, you know. And like you mentioned, like it was at a time when there was a real offensive lull, which just seems to be like a piston hallmark going all the way back to like the Chauncey Rip Sheed, like the going to work Pistons days. Let's like um, dry spells just seem to be like a piston hallmark, even when they're uh, a good team. Um, so, like having a guy that can that can buck that trend is uh, potentially really huge. Yeah, those those third quarter hangovers that, from the going to work guys is not my uh, my favorite part of uh, of watching that no. team. <laughs> but uh, I guess let's uh, to go kind of beyond this game a little bit. Uh, we know Blake is going to be out until. He'll be reevaluated in the first week of November with the hamstring and knee soreness. Um, that is not necessarily an, uh, a super aggressive timeline. Casey talked today about how they were they were being conservative with Blake. So I guess are are you worried about Blake's uh, Blake's uh, injury history, and are are you worried that uh, we are you worried that we're not going to see Blake anytime soon? I guess. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, when he's healthy, I'm concerned about his health. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I have no good feelings whatsoever. You know, I, I'm sure he'll be back in action and looking good again um, eventually. But uh, yeah, I have I have some pretty significant concerns. And you know, anytime he like goes down and then like goes to the bench, even you know, I'm like, here we go again, big surprise. Uh, you know, um, so. Yeah, actually seeing him missing time to start the season um, with a fairly vague, you know, five-ish game timeline uh, just for, like, reevaluation, it's uh, it's concerning. Um, you know, I, I think we've, we've seen that, fortunately, this administration of uh, Pistons front office does seem to prefer to be conservative when it comes to getting players back on the court. Um, as opposed to the uh, Stan Van Gundy, Jeff Bauer era, where they would just like run these guys into the dirt. Um, so it's it's good to see that they are taking their time and they're they're not trying to force anything. They're not trying to get them to play through anything. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say it's fairly concerning for sure. How many how many games would Blake have to miss uh, for you to be less concerned? Like what five, three? 
I, I'd say five is probably a reasonable number just because I don't want to see him rushed back. And if he's back in three games, I'm not going to, but I'm not going to buy it. You know, <laughs> I'm going to be like, yeah, you know, I, I don't trust this, sit that guy down for a little longer. So yeah, I'd say five would be a number that I'd feel fairly comfortable with if it starts to linger and go longer and like well extend past the original timeline. Um, then I'm concerned, um, you know, if, if he's trying to play like, uh, trying to remember what the game is after the uh, Saturday game against the Sixers, but if he's trying to play game four or something like that, I'm, I'm not going to trust that whatsoever. So I, I think five is kind of a sweet spot. Yeah, that, that's, that's totally fair. Um, I, I, I guess I decided to focus more on the, uh, the fact that the coaching staff and front office and training staff was being uh, conservative by holding him out in the first place. Just, you know, those those memories of guys like Avery Bradley getting run into the ground by the Stan Van Gundy John Ishup uh, duo, it just kind of it makes me uh, feel a little bit better at least that we have a, a slightly more forward thinking uh, coaching staff run office. But I, I mean, you're absolutely right though that if Blake were to miss uh, any any game Blake misses, like the the Pistons are obviously hurting. Like it's clearly great to get this win i think they were what like one in six last year when when blake didn't play and so like every win that you get when blake doesn't play matters a lot however uh you know you you would like to get him back sooner rather than later if nothing else than to uh prevent maybe these like markeith morris 11 shot like three make <laughs> games or like the the 16 minutes of thon maker we have to be subjected to on a night-to-night basis right like if nothing else, Blake kind of uh, papers over some of these, uh, the more like thinner parts of the rotation that we that we've talked about. Yeah, for sure. Um, they did address their depth issues pretty well this past summer, uh, but the way they addressed it kind of relies on the fact that Blake would still be around. Uh, you know, there is no plan B for for Blake missing like thirty games. Uh, there's other than you know Luke Kennard going out and dropping you thirty points. Um, there's really no fallback plan. If that happens, you're just screwed. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, comforting to see that they're not trying to, um, you know, grind him to a pulp, like you said, like Avery Bradley. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time consuming. Trying to follow everything in a league you love is almost impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is also impossible. That's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and the NFL, and the best stories from cricket and ping pong, and the best stories from everything in between, like baseball. I had no idea the baseball playoffs were happening right now if it wasn't for Axios Sports. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up, and it's free. You just go to sports.axios.com, you give them your email address, boom, newsletter in your email inbox every single day. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. Best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, no nothing. This is free, curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Again, try for free at sports.axios.com.
know if you guys know this, but I'm not a very fashionable guy. I had no idea what shoes are cool. I had to Urban Dictionary what a hype beast was. And my closet is packed to the gills with Michigan State t-shirts. But I'm at that age when wedding season is year-round and you need to look for the photos in that. So let me tell you about Indochino, which I wish I knew about before they started sponsoring this podcast. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. The process is simple. You can get measured and design your suit at the nearest Indochino showroom, or you can do it all yourself on their website, Indochino.com. On the website, you choose your fabrics, you pick your customizations, and you submit your own measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks with free shipping. And the best part is that they're affordable. Almost all of their custom-made clothing is under 400 bucks. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when you enter Blue Wire at checkout. Again, with free shipping, that's at Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. That's an incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit to weddings. Wedding season, year-round, your significant other will be pleased. Trust me. All right, so, you know, we'll, we'll switch back to Drummond. Uh, obviously, this is his contract year. Um, if he's going to If he's going to play like this, most nights i'm not even going to say every night because there's no way he's going to play like this every night like i've I've resigned myself to that that is my lot as a pistons fan but if he, if he plays like this more nights than most uh what what kind of what kind of contract do you think he'd get this offseason i mean if he's going to play like this um probably not all the time not all the time if he's going to play like this a lot uh <laughs> he's he's going to have himself in a pretty good position to get whatever he wants um and you know if if this becomes a more common occurrence, if uh, you know if we get like seventy percent of this most of the time, um, you know the the contract that he's seeking might end up being fairly reasonable uh, overall uh, for this team. Yeah, but then you're worried that you're you're paying for his contract year, right? Well, you are. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and. You know, it's it'd be nice to be able to see into the future and see, um, you know, if if there's any hope of getting a 2021 free agent, um, or if if China decides to like really uh, throw the book at the NBA and uh, all the cap space is gone next year anyway. Like, I mean, if, if that's the case, you might as well just give Dre whatever you want because uh, there won't be any money to spend regardless. Um, but yeah, it, um, it's funny how him playing so very well is almost a complicating factor in a way for the Pistons going forward. You know, it, it uh, it's a good thing. It's definitely a good thing, um, but it definitely adds a, a new level of intrigue to um, their immediate future. Did you see the, uh, the column from Wojo? Uh, Bob Wojnowski? Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> the uh, Drenundrum? Yep. Drummond, Drummond, Undrum. I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce. Yeah, that. you're not. You're not supposed to pronounce that. <laughs> um, that was the one I was talking about that uh, I tweeted about in like the third quarter or something. It's like it's a good thing that uh, redacted writer got this one off. Um, 
before the game started because uh, that would that draft would have been in the trash tomorrow morning. Oh, definitely. Uh, Should have been in the trash this morning, but you know, regardless, I suppose he's a columnist. You simply cannot trash the drafts of. Yeah, you got. He's got a, a license to mm. print. That's what. Uh, that's what fifteen years, fifteen plus years, in uh, a single place gets you. I it really suppose. does. But uh, but so, in in the terms of Andre's contract, though, he if he plays like this every night, he's uh, going to be more worthy of the contract he's he's going to seek. But uh, but like you said, there are complicating factors. There's the the issue with China that continues to be outstanding. Um, you, I think you definitely saw that with a lot of the restricted free agent signings we just saw where guys are just like, sure, give me the money. I don't know what the salary cap is going to look like in two years. Uh, I'll take what I can get. Um, you saw that, I think, with some of the extensions um, that guys took this summer, like Kyle Lowry, like a Draymond Green. I, I, I wonder almost that if, like, if Andre is the only unrestricted free agent like worth anything on the market, if teams just decide to roll over their cap space and uh, and – try for the Giannis's free agent year or uh, try for like DeMar DeRozan's free agent year. There, there are going to be, there are going to be better guys uh, available in, in 2021. And so I wonder if, um, if, if any team will even have the space to sign Andre to a max contractor or threaten to sign Andre to a, a max contract as leverage um, in, you know, in the summer of 2020. It's gonna yeah. It's, it's going to be really tough because like you said, like there's, um, there's not nearly as much money next year as there typically is uh, in in the summer. So the the teams that are going to have money that actually have a need uh, that the Drummond can fill, uh, there's not going to be very many of those teams. Um, so it it may not be the best year for Drummond to hit free agency. Um, you know, even though he's going to almost certainly probably be the uh, the highest demand, um, at least on paper, um, if you just look at like the best players available, uh, it's probably going to be Drummond and then the rest. Um, so like, even though he has that going for him this year, which he won't uh, this coming summer, which he won't the summer after that, um, you know, it might be in his best interest to to wait another year and gamble on that market. Uh, (laughs) There are a lot of moving parts um, from, I think, from the Pistons' point of view, from Drummond's point of view, from the rest of the NBA's point of view, all when it comes to the situation, um, the situation with Drummond's financial future. All right, we'll uh, we'll get our heads out of uh, summer 2020 and kind of back into the present real quickly. Um, You know, Blake's not going to play tomorrow against Atlanta. Uh, how are you feeling about that matchup? I think that did the Hawks play tonight? I need to double check this. I don't think that they did it then. I no, don't they think they did. Um, no. So the back-to-back thing is always a bit of a disadvantage. It's nice that they get to come home. It, it seems really strange to me to start a season off with a back-to-back. You know, it, it seems like uh, questionable schedule making. Um, but you know, be that as it may. Um, think the Pistons are going to have to score a lot of points because that's the thing that the Hawks are going to do pretty well this year. Um, I, I think that you're going to need another game like this out of Kennard uh, tomorrow. I think you're going to need another big Luke Kennard, Derek Rose game. Um, and you're going to need Andre Drummond to uh, 
maybe not quite replicate this one, but you're going to need a big game out of that three in particular, I think, uh, in order to be able to stave off the tired legs and hang with the arrested team that can put up a lot of points on you. Yeah, I, f- I feel like we're going to be saying that a lot until Blake returns. We're, we're going to need a lot out of uh, Rose, Canard, and Andre, especially given, you know, uh, Reggie Jackson was, uh, I think uh, I saw a rep- uh, tweet that he was like, he needed to be helped up off the bench after the game and that uh, he might have aggregate- aggravated his back. He did, uh, he did commit a hard foul in the third quarter and was lying down for a second and needed to be helped up. And so maybe maybe that's an element that uh, that bears watching. Um, the Dwayne Casey did go with Tim Frazier for a single minute. Uh, yes, to, <laughs> plus two though it was good. It was positive. <laughs> it, uh, uh, he missed his only shot though. <laughs> yeah, man, his teammates really picked him up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, you you definitely see the desire to like not stretch out Derrick Rose past uh, any sort of. Uh, of like 30 minute mark and uh, a healthy Reggie Jackson is definitely a big part of that. And so if they don't have that, uh, that I'll be curious to see how that, how that plays out. If uh, they don't have a healthy Reggie or a healthy Blake, uh, you know, that, that does not bode well for this team, despite the fact that Reggie did not play, he didn't play bad tonight. He just wasn't his usual, like aggressive attacking pick and roll self, you know? Yeah. Uh, he had a quiet 5.5 assists. Didn't, you know, he didn't stand out, but he didn't make any mistakes at all either. Um, it was just quiet game management, you could say, and then handed it off to D-Rose. Um, but you're you're going to need at least those 20 minutes, I think, uh, going forward, especially in the second half of back-to-back. Uh, I, I don't know if you want to be taxing Derek Rose too much on uh, two nights in a row. Yeah, I I saw Rose got kicked by Aaron Holiday accidentally in the uh, in the first quarter, and I saw like the season like flash before my eyes. Like, oh God! <laughs> Day one, just like that, <laughs> just just like that. <laughs> but uh, it's it's ten thirty. You've been you've been far too kind uh, with your time, Duncan. Uh, let the people know where they can find you and your work and uh, all the things you're just, you're doing. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Duncan Smith NBA. My um, Stuff right now is primarily on Forbes with a little bit of uh, the basketball writers. Um, that's, that's basically the main outlets you're going to find me these days. Uh, you know, there's always room for that to change uh, in the future. But, um, yeah, it's, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Yeah, Duncan is an, an OG of, of Pistons Twitter. Uh, and he was one – you're one of the guys I was uh, I was running behind when I first started – uh, my Pistons uh, blogging career, as it were, and so it's uh, it's it was good to have you back because we had we lost you to the Miami Heat for a hot second there. That was terrible. Yeah, it was kind of a timeshare of sorts, but uh, yeah, we're back on track. Yeah, there just isn't enough time to do two, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, and you know, especially when you live in one city and, and you don't in the other. Right. Yeah. It um, really sets you back. There's uh, there's only so much you can do from afar. I think definitely. Well, he said from North Carolina. Yeah. Well, it's, it's different when you've, you've got two and you're, you're very far from one and you're close to the other, you know, it's a, it's an odd uh, split of duties. (laughs) Yeah. I I can definitely uh, envision that. Yeah. Um, Thanks again for coming on, uh, Duncan. 
Uh, I am Lazarus Jackson. You can follow me on Twitter at Last Chance. That's at L-A-Z-C-H-A-N-C-E. You can, of course, download this podcast and uh, on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to it on Spotify. You can subscribe to it on Stitcher. You can rate and review it anywhere that they sell podcasts. Anywhere you download podcasts, I think, is a more accurate way to say that. Um, This has been Pistons versus Everybody, and we will talk to y'all next week.